we're going to study 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And this is a passage, this is a passage about encouragement. Um, last week, uh, we looked at Paul. Uh, the Apostle Paul was writing, uh, Silas and Timothy as well, he was writing about his heart for this young church. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, he talked about how his heart hinged uh, and, and was wanting to know and was hinging upon how they were doing. Um, and this morning, we're going to get the report from Timothy, uh, really as Paul heard it, uh, as we look at 1, Timothy, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 6. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, we'll look at this uh, great passage this morning. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported uh, that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God? As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. And now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you so that uh, he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would stir our hearts and encourage our hearts as we seek to serve you in this time and this place. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Just a word of reminder, if uh, it's hard for you to stand or anything, uh, nobody looks down on you if you stay seated. Uh, we know that you love the Word of God, uh, not because, but a reminder to us, okay? Uh, as we looked at God's Word this morning, uh, I realize a lot is going on. Uh, as Craig mentioned, we have um, almost 40 people, but... Uh, 20 plus high schoolers uh, or uh, middle schoolers heading off to camp at Lake Lopez. Uh, you can pray for them this week. I, I shared with you about the wedding. Uh, lots going on. We had surgeries this week. We had uh, weddings as we talked about. Uh, the, these things are all the uh, sorrows and excitements of life. And as we look at these things, I want you to know that as Paul was sharing to these Thessalonian believers, they came to know Christ knowing, uh, hearing from Paul and Silas. They heard the gospel from them, and then they accepted it, uh, and then persecution happened right away. Afflictions came to their life right away. Uh, most of you know uh, that this life is feel, filled with heartaches. Uh, there's things and bumps along the road that 
sometimes there's this feeling of, I, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know if I can go on, and I don't know if I want to go on. Um, this is what this life is filled with. And for the believer, there's an added cost of realizing that we have an enemy. In the previous passage, it says the tempter. Uh, we have an enemy, and we have an onlooking world that doesn't appreciate uh, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so there's more added. There's more affliction and more persecution because of that. As we look at this passage, Paul is uh, responding to Timothy's report. And I have three points for you this morning. And the first one being the good news report. In verse 6 it says this, But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news, he has brought us the good news. I think that's funny. Uh, and you say, what is this, pastor humor or something like that? Yeah. Um, what had uh, Paul, when he had first come to Thessalonica, what had he brought to them? The good news, the gospel. In fact, this word right here is the same word. Uh, and Paul, I don't know if he's trying to, uh, but he looks at the good report of what's going on in them as like gospel to him. And what is the gospel? It's good news. But, but it's this idea that he, his heart rejoices. It's food for him. It's the idea that it's thrilling that having brought the good news to them, now Timothy's report back to them is good news to them. It's good news to them. I want to tell you what, what he is thrilled with, why it is good news, is that the gospel is still bearing fruit and it is still working in that newer church in Thessalonica. Uh, I, I want to tell you, and I, I'm going to bring this up over and over. This is the part that's bouncing around in my head. and I, This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, if I would leave you and go away for years and be isolated from you, I wouldn't know what's going on here day to day. But as I would hear reports of what's going on, the reports that I should hear are of your faith growing, of your love abounding for one another. You know what? Uh, we have students here today, children. Uh, guess what? That's what should happen in your life for your grandparents and your parents. You should go away eventually. Don't go too far. Uh, you should go away eventually. And you should, you know, whatever it is, pursue what God has for you. But the reports back, genuine reports, not just making stuff up, but the reports back should be encouraging to your parents and grandparents. You should be a blessing in that generation. And you say, it's not just performing, but the reality was Timothy went and he witnessed what was going on in that church. He saw their faith growing. He saw their love for one another. And as he brought that back to Paul, to Paul, this was the encouragement. It was good news to him. It was like the gospel. It was this amazing thing to him. Uh, 
he brings up faith and love. And, and if any of you have uh, read Paul's writings before, one of the things he brings up over and over again are the three Christian virtues of faith, hope, and love. In this passage, he just really mentions two of them. And some have suggested that the rest of the book is all about his hope uh, for them and his hope in the gospel for them. But he, he brings up these two Christian verse, virtues, the first one being faith. Um, I, I want to tell you, in the Greek, there's the definite article there. So it's not just faith and love. It's the faith and the love. There's a um, uh, bringing that out that this is not just any old faith. Um, it, it's interesting in our world today that's, you know, so crazy and everything. People uh, talk about, even in sports, they'll go, I, you know, I just have faith that we're going to win. And you look at them and go, what does that mean? Like, you have some crazy idea that, you know, uh, miracles will happen or something like that. Your team's horrible. Why, you know, that's misplaced faith. Uh, um and love, even worse, right? Oh, I just love this. I love that. I, I love Tehachapi. I love Sonic Burger. I love, you know, I, I love, you know, I love it all. Like, you know, we use love. Um, but what Paul is talking about, he's not just talking about any faith. He's not talking about any kind of love. He's talking about the faith and the love. And as that comes about, as you look in the context of Scripture, He's talking about that peculiar faith that one puts in their heavenly father and trusts him with everything. That their faith would grow, that they're in relationship with the God of the universe. And now uh, that is the source or that is the testimony, that is the evidence that things are going well. Their faith or the faith that they see witnessed in their lives. Um, uh, it's hard to talk about this, but we uh, we bring back reports all the time. Hey, they were looking good. They seemed healthy. They seemed happy. They seemed wealthy. They seemed a, a lot of different things. And Paul was focusing in on this really narrow band of temperature for them. How were they doing spiritually? What was going on with them? Because the reality is that's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. And so as Paul gets this report, the thing that was good news for him was this, that there was evidence that their faith was healthy. It was healthy. That they were trusting in God, the one who... They had put their trust in. They were continuing to trust in. That, that was Paul's great fear, right? He had gone there. He'd shared with them. They'd responded. But the question was, over time, as time went on, would they still be walking? Or I'll say it this way. Would they still be standing in that place? So those of you who were here last week, we talked about that place, right? the place where he saved us, the place where he's placed us, and this idea of, of remaining there, not being moved, and not quitting. This was his concern, and as Timothy reported, uh, it was verified. There was good news that they were standing. 
on their faith. The second one, the second virtue, the, the love, the love, uh, it seems best to see this as the love between believers, this idea that because of God's work in you, because of the gospel going on in your heart, the thing that that produces is a love for one another. And in fact, in a, a small church, a, a new church, what a evidence, right? This idea that they were continuing to love one another. And I want to tell you, that's a, a, one of the showcase evidences of a Christian church, that we love one another, that, that when we uh, speak to one another and the way we treat one another and the way we uh, pray for one another and the way we serve one another and the way we forgive one another, this is the evidence of the work of God in our hearts. It's the evidence of what God has already done in us and that it continues to go on even without Paul being there uh, to continue to uh, remind them of this. It's a supernatural work that he sees that love being evidenced and he hears of it uh, through Timothy. And then uh, he says this, and it sounds, it sounds sort of funny. I don't know why it sounds funny to me, but uh, Paul Paul says this. He says, uh, I heard of your, ho- uh, your faith and your love. And the other thing I heard about from Timothy is this, uh, that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. And uh, it, it was as if he was smiling. He goes, you haven't forgotten us. And you still like us. And you still want to see us. And I want to tell you, this is what it is to be changed. That God takes people, people from different backgrounds who don't necessarily know each other, who didn't go to first grade together, right? Uh, They don't have history, but in the gospel, he unites them together and they see each other as people they want to be with. I'm going to come back to this, but uh, if you're a Christian, you're part of a church, guess what? He wants us to be together, okay? He wants us to be together. I'll come back to this. I'll come up again. So that was the good news report. (coughs) Excuse me. Verse 7. We now move on to the good news report effect, like what happened because of this report. Uh, Verse 7 says this. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and afflictions, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return uh, to God for you? For the joy that we feel uh, for your sake before God. As I look at this, um, he also goes into prayer. But this idea is this, that it did something to Paul when he got the report. It was good news. Proverbs talks about that. Good news from afar. It rejoices the heart. Um, I don't know how you are with your phone or the mail or, uh, you know, a knock on the door. Uh, Depending on who you are, when your phone rings, you go, oh, no, it's trouble. I guess it depends on how many kids you have, right? Where they are, you know, oh, no, what is it now? Or maybe it's your job. They're always nagging at you. So when your phone rings, you're like, oh, no, what do they want from me now? Um, 
There's this idea that that news you're you're fearful for that next uh, shoot to drop, right? You're you're fearful for that next wave of bad news to come. I want to tell you, for Paul, Timothy coming back uh, was great for him. It was good news that thrilled his hearts, and even as he described it, it had an effect on him. First thing it says, it gave him comfort. Gave him comfort. I, I want to tell you this that, uh, and it keeps coming over, uh, c- coming upon this in this book. He says, "In all our afflictions and distresses, uh, this brought us comfort." Um, I, I want to tell you this that Paul was sacrificing his life. He was sacrificing his life for the gospel. He was bouncing around from town to town, uh, sharing the gospel, establishing churches. And his life was hard. Nobody liked Paul. You know, uh, there, there were a the handful of believers that responded, but he was getting thrown out of towns. He was getting beaten. He was being thrown in prison. This is what his life was all about. And, and you say, you, you, you probably, if you knew Paul, you'd say, well, why don't you do something different and you won't get in so much trouble? You know, your life's a mess because of the choices that you're making. And Paul looks back at him, and the steely, cold smile comes to his face, and he goes, but it's worth it. But it's worth it. And the reason it's worth it is because when the gospel takes root in someone's life, and they've been changed and permanently changed, and you hear the reports of it, you go, it's of infinite value. Their soul is of infinite value. The idea that they would go on and, and even coming to the close of one's life to say, it was all worth it. Why? Because it's now in them. The, the gospel is now in them. And so it was great comfort in the midst of distress and affliction. Um, Paul's hope was in them. And so... Because his hope was in them, uh, he, he had invested in them, he was greatly comforted when he heard good news. It thrilled him. He goes on to almost gush over them, and he says, uh, you know, this report gave me comfort. Um, even the way he writes this is almost uncomfortable for us to hear. He says this, uh, uh, I lost my place. There it is in the Bible. Um, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and afflictions, we have been comforted about you through your faith. Once again, through your faith. For now, we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. What is living? And, and we use that term living. And sometimes we'll be a part of something. We'll do an activity or something like that. And we'll just love it. And we'll turn to the people around us and go, this is living. This is living. It's usually something that we can only do for a moment because we can't afford it usually. But uh, we just go, oh, now this is living. You vacation somewhere and you see something beautiful or you have a a wonderful meal and and you realize it's extraordinary and you say, now this is living. I want to tell you, Paul's saying that right now. He wrote it down. He said, this is living for us that you're standing, that you're standing. 
This is living that you are standing. He goes back to that, that same idea of standing, right? This idea that you are firmly planted on the gospel that I shared with you and you accepted. This idea was that they were giving a, a, a fullness of life to Paul because they were continuing in the Lord. To go on, uh, Paul continues to talk about what this does for him, how this blesses him. He says, verse 9, For uh, what thanksgiving can we return to God for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God? He says, uh, there's not enough thanksgiving. There's not enough that we can return for the joy that we have seeing you or hearing of you. Joy in what? Joy in afflictions and distresses. It makes it all worth it. I want to tell you, uh, parents and grandparents, I want to tell you to be fixated on the, the spiritual life of your kids and grandkids. Why? Because that's what's worth it. The awards and the accomplishments, so many of them, I want to tell you what's going to happen to them. Those will clutter up your life. Uh, You know, the finger painting contest that your son or daughter won in second grade and they did this really ugly thing, but somebody liked it. I want to tell you that won't make life worth living later, okay? But what, what... what you should be fixated on, what you should invest in is this idea of the gospel in them. That's what you should hope for. That, that's what you should want, the gospel in them. That that will be the eternal thing that will make it all worth it. It was Paul's joy. Uh, when he thought of them, it caused him to smile and go, yeah, this stuff doesn't matter. It's all good. Because this is the most important thing for me. And this caused him, this, one of the effects, uh, as he had shared before, and now he shares again, he's got this thanksgiving uh, that's too much to be thankful for uh, because of the joy that he feels. And then uh, he says this, verse 10, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. I want to tell you that um, one of the things that because of uh, the relationship that they had, he wanted to be with them face to face. Now, I want to say this again, okay? Some of you are here a month or a month and a half ago when I talked about this. This is the second time that Paul said face to face. That is the diamond way to do things, right? That's the best There's no better way than to be face-to-face with people. It's this idea that that's the way we do business. That's the way we make impact with people. Uh, I I talked last time about the idea of uh, doing passive-aggressive posts on Facebook, hoping that someone will see. That's not the way to do things. I want to tell you that. If you have something big to say, it's not time to fire out an email, right? It's not time to text. If you have something big to say that would bless and to encourage them, you go face to face. You want to be with them. And I want to say it this way too. I want to add this. 
We've already uh, gone over a, a verse prior, the first verse we looked at. Do you, do you sense in Paul's heart how much he wanted to be with them? He wanted to see them face to face. And I was considering this morning, even our meeting here on Sunday morning. I, I want to tell you, this is the time where you should die to get to. And, and, and there's a reason Not because of the sermon, not because of the music, not because of the donuts. It's all good. It's all good. But but this is why, that you could see and to be with the people that God's called you to face to face, to see them. I realize that life's difficult and it doesn't always come up at the right time, but there should be this thing that in you that says, oh, sweet, today's Sunday, today's Sunday. Oh, I get to go to church today. I get to go to church today. And you say, well, I don't just get to go to church. You know, I I have to teach Sunday school. No, no, no. You don't have to teach Sunday school. You get to teach Sunday school. You know, for some of us, we may have not done anything significant the whole week. And to to be with like, four- and five-year-old hooligans that need the gospel and their parents are fumbling around life to be a part of that, you get to do that. You say, oh, it's my week to bring snacks and I'm, you know, I got to go to the store. No, no, you get to go to the store. This is for God's people to be face-to-face and it's all about this relationship of us gathering together. If God had a better method, you know what? He would have done it. We could mail this in. We could, you know, buy a fancy camera and, you, you know, Zach would be right here. I would be right here. We'd get in the camera. We'd have one sound guy. Boom. And you could listen to it at home. Some of you even have race communication. You could really see it now, right? Won't be buffering the whole time, okay? Um, I, I, I want to tell you, we could do this a different way, but God has called us to come together. And Paul, you see it in him that he had a passion and, and, and he was yearning for what? Face to face. And I want to tell you, uh, these type relationships where we can be face to face, it's not like they happen uh, just by happenstance, but it's uh, for Paul, it was a deep desire, even a prayer that he could be with them. I want to tell you, uh, I want to encourage you grandparents, I know sometimes it's not that fun to go visit your grandkids. And, and we're, just, we're just talking real right here, okay? You don't have to put on a face. My grandkids are perfect. No, they're not. I've met some of your grandkids, okay? They're not that great, okay? But, but your passion for them, and you say, oh, it's super fun. It kind of is. You're eating hot dogs and sleeping on the futon and stuff like that. that I realize you don't like that that much, but I want to encourage you, go be with them see them face to face the more you're with them guess what the more impact you can have and if you connect this together with me this morning why did want to why did Paul want to go be with them why did he want to see them face to face look at it look look down at God's word he wanted to see him uh, in verse 10 it says and we pray most earnestly night and day Uh, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. You know what he was concerned about? Their spiritual life. 
He was seeking to come. And you, you, know, what, you know what I encourage you to do? Uh, Paul was thinking about what he was going to say when he got to go meet them. He was thinking about what he could give them when he went. And, and what was he going to give them? He was going to give them something for their good. That's the kind of conversations that we want to have. It can't be all that, grandparents, but it should be some of that. It's this idea that we want to be a part. We want to somehow encourage them. You want your kids and grandkids to know, to know that you're cheering for them spiritually. This is what Paul was doing, and it had, this report had an effect on him. It gave him comfort. It gave him uh, life. It gave him joy, but it also gave, gave him a yearning to visit them again. And so he goes, man, I can't wait when I get to go to be with them. I want to tell you, that should be our attitude with one another. We get to go meet with one another. We get to see each other face to face. Which brings us to the last point, verse 11. Uh, His prayer was that the good news would continue. May the good news continue. Verse 11, uh, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Once again, he's talking about that. And may the Lord uh, make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. Uh, he, he was, as he thought about the good news continuing, he was hoping that he could visit. But he was also praying and hoping that their uh, love would abound more and more. I want to tell you that uh, love for one another is this, is this. It's not that uh, we go in, we express love, and then we get out of there. Uh, it, it's the idea that we would be loving them, that we would be in constant love with one another. It's that we, when we aren't that lovable, would still love. It, it's when we wouldn't act right that we would love one another. It's when we uh, say hurtful things that we would continue to love. It's that uh, when we're difficult to be around, we would still love. That's the mark of the church. The mark of the church is not that we love when we are lovable. Uh, What holds us together is that we love one another because God has first loved us and we can love each other in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of warts and things that aren't so pleasant that we stick together. And he, his prayer for this good news to continue is that their love would continue on. And then he says this, and their hearts would be established. Uh, He's prayed something similar and talked about something similar already a couple of different times. But once again, it's this idea of the firm and established. It's this idea of a firm placed right there, that you would not be moved, uh, that this is what his hopes for them as things go on. I have three things for you this morning, three takeaways from this passage. The first one is this. Souls and relationships are everything. Souls and relationships are everything. Uh, If that's true, souls and relationships are everything, that will impact our priorities. Um, It'll impact where and when we retire it will impact how much we work. It will impact uh, whether we go do errands by ourselves or if we take somebody with us. Why? 
because souls and relationships matter. It's this idea that we, we would want to be with one another, that we would want to be with our kids, that we would want to be with our grandkids, that we would want to be with these neighbors that we are desiring spiritual things to happen. We would want to be with one another. Souls and relationships are everything, are everything. Secondly, your walk with the Lord should encourage others. Your walk with the Lord should encourage others. You think about that, and that's what this passage is all about. It's about that these believers in a different city in a different town that were isolated, that when hearing of their walk with the Lord, it was an encouragement to Paul. And I want to tell you, we are not an island. We're not an island. It's in selfishness, sometimes we say, well, my life doesn't matter. My life doesn't matter. I'll do what I want. I, I can, you know, I could struggle. I, I want to say, no, your life has impact. Your, your life has impact to your spouse. It does. Uh, sometimes in our selfishness, we say, well, we deserve to be this way. My life has been bitter. I want to tell you this. Paul was speaking this in the midst of afflictions and distress. He was sharing this and he was saying, this is, you know, this is good. Why? Because in the midst of that, he was walking with the Lord. It's meant to encourage one another. So in your spouse relationship, I want to tell you, in your parent relationship, you you as a child to your parents, adult children to your parents, you're meant to be a spiritual encouragement to them. They've sacrificed much for you. They've fed you. They've, they've you know, sent you to lessons. They've drug you to church. and they, They've done these things. That impact that they have invested in you, they've fed you. Okay, uh, They want to see a result and say that it's all worth it. Your spiritual life can do that for them. It's meant to. I want to tell you, this is what... Uh, this is what it's all about. Our walk with the Lord should encourage others. And I want to tell you, teenagers, uh, your life has impact. There's little ones. These little ones that were up here earlier, they think you guys are rock stars. They think you're the best. Uh, they think you're their best friends. You know, when they see you in Albertsons, they say, there's my friend so-and-so. They're looking up to you, so your life should be encouragement to them. I want to say this, too. Your parents, they look to you. They've invested everything in you. And so for them, they want, uh, there's going to be bumps in the road. But to see that you love the Lord and that you're growing, I want to tell you, that's an encouragement to them and meant to be that way. Lastly, I just want to say this. Gospel transformation is thrilling for the believer. Thrilling. Thrilling. It's thrilling. And I want to say gospel... It's thrilling when God changes my life, but it should also be thrilling when I see somebody else who God's doing a work in, and I'm like, this is better than the World Series right here, going on here. This is better than, you know, uh, if the economy goes up. This is better than if we get, you know, uh, Chipotle and Tehachapi, you know, the, uh, all the great things that we take courage on. I want to say it's all better than all those things. If we see the gospel take root in someone, and you don't need to know the whole story. You could just meet someone for the first time and they say, you know, I just came to know the Lord. We're like, this has been a good day. I got to see 
what God has done in someone's life. It's a priority for us. It's the thing that should thrill our hearts. Um, Please join with me in prayer as we tie up our time together and trust that these words will just continue to uh, fill your hearts this week. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, Thank you for a gospel that matters. God, I ask that you would prioritize our hearts on the things that matter that you would motivate us uh, to think like you think and to follow along with this idea that that Paul was thrilled at spiritual things. God, I even want to connect that to uh, middle school camp this week, that we would hope and that we would pray towards that end, that God, that you would change the hearts of middle schoolers and thrill them both with being able to serve but also to live for you, that their lives would be changed. God, do your work in us. This is your church, and so you deserve all the glory. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed.